Welcome to another episode of Exploring Art Podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I'm your host, Elizabeth Gonzalez. I am very pleased to have Joshua Trevar join us. Welcome to the Exploring Art Podcast, Josh. Hi, thank you for bringing me on here. How's everybody? How are you? I'm good, and hopefully your day's going good, too. It's going great as well. Thank you. Nice. Okay. Um, Today, we will be exploring the beauty of bird plumage. In many species of birds, the male has brilliant plumage, which attracts females of the same species. Think about peacock, the China peasant, the many varieties of parrot, and so on. Is it correct to say that the male plumage is beautiful or that the female birds find the plumage beautiful? Can birds appreciate beauty? How would you go trying to answer this question? If the only observation we can make is that the females are indeed attracted by plumage, is there human beauty versus bird beauty? If so, how should all of our references to beauty be of the form? Beautiful to whom? Or are only human beings able to appreciate beauty? And if so, what is it about human beings that give them this distinction? Okay, so you know what? Let's let me start with the first question you asked me, which was regarding, you know, would it be correct to say that male plumage is beautiful or that the female bird finds the plumage beautiful? You know, I would say that whether responding whether male plumage is beautiful is something relative. Now, I think if we are if we were talking um, in terms of relativity towards its purpose, I would say yes because the purpose of the mute of the beauty of male plumage is at the end of the day to attract a female bird and find a mate. And do female birds find this plumage beautiful? You know what? I would also say yes to that because um, what we see, at least what we what we can observe, is simply female birds responding more to male plumage that has more apparent beauty in our own visual criteria. You know, that's as far as I can push it because we really don't know what the birds are thinking. We really don't know what's going through their minds. Maybe there's something else that also has a correlation or association with um, certain aspects of male plumage that we would consider more attractive as humans and that other factor that we're not really noticing maybe that's what attracts the female birds and it just happens to have an association and correlation with the quality of beauty that we would recognize in our own criteria in male plumage um but at the end of the day based on what we are able to observe as humans in the plumage of birds i would say yes to that i would say you know Female birds, visually, you know, if you go outside and, and you see a peacock doing, you know, their own little, their own little runway walk, if you will, you know, and, and try to give a, a show to the female bird and see if, if she'll be attracted to him. At the end of the day, what we see is a bunch of beautiful feathers and we see her response to it. 
we see that he's trying to throw it all around and and we're seeing that the female bird she's giving her own response to that and either yeah, accepting or not way. you know yeah exactly um honestly in my perspective how i see like birds trying to attract each other i'm like oh that bird just has like pretty rainbow colors like with the peacock and then the and the female one is like all gray and stuff so she's like oh that's different for me so that's pretty exactly and maybe maybe that perspective for the bird is like how like referring to straight people um you know how a girl sees um guys abs and they're like oh that guy's hot or the way guys try to be rich uh work on themselves show themselves as a successful person would attract the girl in in that same way like that in our perspective can be similar to the bird's perspective it's like showing off it's like putting on a show and that way they can um that way the birds can um can uh like you know we just have the same like perspectives almost like similar perspectives just with different factors i'd say i see that i see what you're saying which that actually has a lot to do with the second question you made which was whether birds could appreciate beauty and i mean we kind of touched upon this a little bit already but um what you're saying now is is the relationship of the criteria for beauty in, 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 in the eyes of a bird versus versus ours as humans, right? And um, yeah, exactly. whether birds can appreciate beauty at the end of the day, I would say yes to that. I think that I think that every every living being or at least every conscious being that we're allowed to to detect, you know what I mean? You know, and I'm referring to like the difference between a tree and a dog. We can't really know. We don't really know just how conscious a tree is in terms of its life. Um, there's not much knowledge that goes into that, or at least not mine personally. But when we're talking about animals and things like that, specifically birds in this case, um, I would say that there's there's enough evidence out there for me to say yes to that, you know, birds can definitely appreciate beauty. I think that I've seen enough moments, you know, watching National Geographic, watching Discovery Channel. Uh, you know, I, I've noticed that a bird will definitely, especially a female bird, will definitely react completely, you know, much, much more differently to a quote-unquote more beautiful bird male bird than she would to a less beautiful one if you know what i mean um and even in, not only in terms of plumage i would also say um you know there are other birds who do who do dances and you'll see this a lot with certain types of birds especially like you know peacocks do this they they obviously they lay out all their feathers and they they spread them out and they do their little uh, plumage show but it, it is you know I would say is kind of a dance and a lot of birds do that too um, where you see that it's not only about the plumage but it's also about this whole um, this whole runway show that they give you know just just to like pose and see whether the female is attracted or not and 
she'll definitely react more to some than to others. And I think that that itself is enough evidence for us to say that birds definitely have an appreciation of beauty, a ranking of something that is greater and something that is less. I don't know what you think. Um, honestly, yeah, I think, um, in general, honestly, all mammals kind of do almost the same thing as, um, as the birds to attract the, like, the opposite sex. Uh, the, to answer the question directly, birds definitely appreciate beauty, for sure. They, um... They'll see their mate, or their their objective is that they want a family. They want and they, they um, want babies that look good. Let's never legacy. forget that, you know. <laughs> that too. We can't have ugly babies. Look at think about and the um the story of of what is it the ugly duckling, and that ended up being a swan. Yeah. Obviously, you know what I mean. But there's a lot of a lot of relevance to to beauty there. You're ugly in the beginning, you're beautiful in the end, you know, good for you. But there's obviously a, a ranking there, a judgment that you receive there based on how physically attractive you are. Yeah, and the thing is, the funny thing is about that is birds kind of like see beauty in more of an objective way rather than... Su- like, obviously, it is subjective because it's like, oh, this person, like, they're, or this bird is is an obvious mate for me that part is subjective but objectively it's like okay who's the most attractive person who's sorry i keep thinking people uh who's the most attractive bird in the flock and not based on bias not based on anything it's just who's who has the most colors who uh flaunts the best who can perform well? Who would provide the best kids for me? Not in, oh, I think that bird's a nice guy. Let me, like, get to know him a little bit. It's, like, not the... They're just... The whole point for the birds is that they're trying to find a mate, have kids. That That's all. Like, they're not, like, trying to, like, go on a second or third date. And then they're like, oh, okay, this person is beautiful and I... I want to be this. This bird is beautiful. Oh my god, this bird is be- is beautiful, and I want to have a family with it. I, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, right? They're not, they're, they're not thinking too much into it. They're just birds. <laughs> yeah, it's no, like, and I, I mean, even as teenagers, um, I remember when when people would judge couples based on how they would potentially look if they had kids. You know what I mean? And this was a very, very common thing when I was a little kid. Um, you know, obviously, you know, being funny and everything, but I remember people would be like, oh, oh, yeah, no, they're ugly or they're cute. And that was always referring to, yeah, maybe one one of them looks good or one of them looks bad. And But at the end of the day, their kids would look like this or their kids would look like that. You know, I feel like the legacy is a part that matters a lot. And we might joke about it in our youth, but now we're looking at how even other species of animals have that same judgment. How is my legacy going to be affected by this? No, and I understand what you mean. It's like the way humans see beauty and the way birds see beauty, honestly, is not really that different because we're picking, we're picking, um, we're 
sees something that we consider beautiful as in, let's say, a model or an actress or an actor and we like them because they have like a chiseled chin or they have a pretty body there's also that we'll look into like the personalities of those people and they're like oh they're good looking and have a nice personality that and and that's how we look into things um but yeah the same thing between the birds and us we're kind of like, oh, we don't want ugly children. And we kind of like want to, we want to fall in love with someone that is not hard to look at. And that's, yeah, that's harsh. And some people may like, you know, try to cancel you and be like, oh, you're like fat phobic or you think they're ugly because of this and because of that. And it's just, I mean, you can't lie if you don't find that that thing or that someone or bird, whatever, is beautiful. That's just that's just in our nature. It's natural instincts. That's something that's like implanted in our in our heads from the beginning. We perceive things as beautiful when we receive it as you know pleasant to look at. If we think it looks, if we think it looks pretty, or if we're satisfied with the way something looks, then we'll like it. If we don't, then we don't. It's just as basic as that. Right, right, exactly. And that brings me to this topic. Is there human beauty versus bird beauty? Hmm. How would you comment on that? Wow. You know, when I think about that, I think about um, the direction in which the value of attraction goes. You know, when we talk about birds, um, we talk about the plumage of male birds, the show that male birds put on, the effort that male birds put on to put on, to display some sort of physical superiority to, um, to establish physical attraction so that a female chooses them as a partner. Um, and in exchange, the female offers them, obviously, the family, the legacy, this and that. And when I think about, you know, a, a human uh, relationship, in the, if you will, you know, we think about, or I personally think about the opposite. I think about how, obviously, yeah, you have, you have your men who go to the gym. I go to the gym every single day. You know, I get my haircuts, you know. I, you know yeah, I which is groom, crazy. Guys, guys shave. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like but going the to the gym the day, every day, I'm like, with going to the gym every day, I'm just like, oh my God, I'm going to pass out after t- 10 minutes and then you're over here just working out every day. <laughs> but no, but what I'm saying is that's not, it's more common to have, um, I guess you can say physical vanity is more common in women than in men, or at least that's the social norm that has been established. You have... You know, women care more about their appearance, their appearance, sorry, for male attraction than men do for female attraction. I can walk around, I don't know, I can walk around Publix, Target, I can walk around Dolphin Mall, and I'll see, I'll see men, I'll see a higher concentration of men who don't care about their appearance, and who either let the hair grow out, or let the beard grow out, or might be wearing joggers and a hoodie, you know what I mean? 
Yeah. On a, oh, on yeah, a, that's on for a sure. vast majority of men. And rarely do you have the men with the button-up shirts and the and the polos and the... the yeah, that's for just an that. interview or something. <laughs> exactly. And then, but then in women, you see the complete opposite. All the women are wearing something nice. It's, it's become a social norm for women to wear makeup in public, like always, you know? Even, and, and you still hear, you hear Latina moms tell you nowadays, yeah, if you wear makeup every day, by the time you're, you're 20, you're going to look like you're 50. And we still do it, you know what I mean? People still, still do it. People still wear loads and loads of makeup. And, and the effort to establish a physical presence and a physical, and, 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 and overvalue this vanity is more on the female side than it is on the male side. And then oh, that's for sure. Yeah, and for then on the sure. male side, what you all you have is like, you know, what you have to offer on on the best case scenarios is is guys who are offering you know maybe financial stability. They offer you a family. They offer you, you know, security. They offer you no drama or less drama than the previous guy, etc. But the criteria that a woman sets in, in terms of what she chooses for a guy is usually not going to be something physical immediately. Yeah, you know, being being physically attractive could add on, but I mean, literally look at Pete Davidson. I I don't like bringing that guy up because I, I feel bad calling him out like that, but why Pete Davidson and not, I don't know, uh, and not, you know... One of these Hollywood actors that are all shredded with blue eyes. Why not them? Like uh, uh, Jason Momoa. Exactly. What is what Jason Momoa is like a big crush or Mario exactly. Lopez? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So like. Yeah. How come people are going in the in the Pete Davidson direction rather than like Jason Momoa? Oh, turns out the guy's funny. He's verbally attractive more than he's physically attractive, and apparently that's something that that women are into right now. And yeah, look where I can he's definitely. Going for. He's going for the physical attraction. You know what I mean? So it's it's there's definitely something there. Um, I would say is the opposite uh, general in that case than what the birds have. Yeah, and do you mind if I share a little bit of like my perspective of, of beauty since I am a woman? So like the things that you're saying, I'm like you know I could perfectly relate to that as in. You know, with uh, my previous relationship, I found them, like, verbally funny. Appearance-wise, I'm like, oh, they're f- they're fine. And even my current relationship, I'm like, they're fine. Are they extremely attractive? It's going to sound harsh, but are they extremely attractive? No. Um, do I think I'm extremely attractive? No. But what is attractive for the human perspective? From the hmm. human, yeah, the human uh, viewpoint. I mean, there are, there are really, like, many elements to take in of what beauty is. It's not only, like, oh, that girl has, like, the biggest titties or uh, biggest <laughs> butt. Or this uh, this guy has, like, an eight-pack and biggest beard, um, clean, wears a tight uh, t-shirt. And, you know, I mean... All the stereotypical thinkings of, you know, how women women view themselves. I mean, there there's not everything that a, a guy or a girl, depending on your sexuality, will look into. Example, like, for me, I've always felt insecure about my weight. 
I'm like, oh, I'm too, I'm too overweight for someone to find me attractive. Even like to this day, I'm like, oh, my glasses are, are too big. My body is too chunky. No one's going to find this attractive, even though I'm in a literal relationship and my partner says how beautiful I am. And that's just, that's just from self perspective. We're talking about how the person views the other. So when you think about it, how you view yourself or how the birds view themselves um, and how they perceive others is completely different. And the reason why I kind of bring this up is because imagine what the male birds are thinking when they're trying to attract a woman bird so that way they can mate. They're probably like, oh no, I'm not the, the most colorful bird in the flock. They're gonna beat me to my woman. And maybe they just found them like the most like colorful or attractive in the first place. They don't even know it. I mean, we don't even know how birds think, but they could think that. They could probably, they probably feel like insecure compared to the rest of their flock because they're like, oh, I don't have the most colors. Like Charles has the most, most colors. <laughs> if you kind of get what I mean. <laughs> Charles. <laughs> Some bird named Charles. Yeah, Some yeah, bird named Charles. I get what you mean there. <laughs> um... Would you like to move on to the next question, or would you care to elaborate a little bit on human versus human beauty versus bird beauty? Or kind of interested of in knowing what the next question is. Maybe we can connect it a little bit. Yeah, we could. Um. So, should all of our references to beauty be of the form, uh, be in this form, and beautiful to whom? Like, should should we see beauty the same way as the birds? Like someone has a colorful drag suit on and we're like, oh, that's what I want. Or, or you know, kind of like what we've been talking about. Should we base it off of, you know, the person's success? Are they, are they clean? Are they like physically attractive? Are they verbally attractive? Should we see it in that way instead of just thinking it as... Um, you know, um, one dimensional, like not, not, um, seeing them for just their body Hmm. because in reality, honestly, we all get old. We all get saggy everywhere. We're not going to stay this young for the rest of our lives, probably for like good 20, 30 years more. And then it's like, we're going to go into retirement home and all this stuff. And, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's tough to think about. But you know what? The, I guess the direct, direct answer to that would be no. In my opinion, I would say, I would say absolutely not. We should, we should not use the same references or the same uh, criteria. I guess that's, that's a good word to use criteria. Um, because let's think about the purpose or the role that birds play versus the role that humans play, how the, how, how our lives work. Um, I think choosing someone just because they're physically attractive nowadays or in any days, you know, um, as a human will have a much, much more dangerous, potentially dangerous effect on you than if you were to make that decision as a bird. Um, especially because 
birds have been doing this forever. As, as far as we can record, they've been doing that forever. That's what they do in, in order to pick out mates. And it's been working for them. They've survived and, and they're thriving. But as humans, we can't really do that. We're, we're much more complex. Um, uh, in, in an indirect response, I would say yes. Because if we're going to broaden the attractiveness to other forms of attraction, not just, you know, physical appearance... Now we can bring into the equation things like, you know, financial success, uh, emotional stability, financial stability. We can bring things like experiences, um, even, you know, uh, political inclinations, uh, opinions, values, principles, all these things that have absolutely nothing to do with the way you look, but everything to do with how your legacy is going to look. You know what I mean? With how your how your legacy will be defined. What do you stand for? What's, what kind of character do you have? All this stuff is things that we can define as a form of attraction because let's be real, um, you know, if if I know that, you know, one person, is, you know, has a different character than I do and reacts to things a different way than I do, this might be a compliment because we can learn from each other or... Or it could be the opposite. It could be something that that we won't be able to work with each other on because I need someone that can match my energy or things like that. You know what I mean? But that has absolutely nothing to do with the way either one of us looks at the end of the day. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think about that? No, that's like basically my relationship, <laughs> which is so funny. Like, because I'm an artsy person. My friends are artsy people. The only one that's not an artsy person is my partner. My partner's blunt. My partner is brutally honest. All the stuff. I'm more bubbly. I'm more, like, talking and all that stuff. I get more nervous. She, They're just, like, too... They're just like, okay, this is to, to the point. And, yeah, it didn't work out at first, but now it's like... Now we're understanding each other more and working together as a team. Because we do have some things in common, like, where we do match our personality. We just don't have the same common interest. But I find, but I found my partner as my partner because they're uh, they're stable. Like they know what they want in life. They have a goal for their future. They want to have a home. We want to have a family together. Um, we want to do family activities. We want to go travel, and none of that I thought from their appearance i'm like i didn't just think oh that person's pretty i just thought that person i feel like would be good for me because they match or they complement um my personality that's from my that's from my life specifically um i don't know how you would go about with that no absolutely absolutely i mean they're there are different things, you know what I mean? There there are things where you want to have you want to have this in common and there are things where y- you want to be the exact opposite on those in order to balance each other out. You know, if I'm somebody I'll tell you a bit about myself personally, you know, I'm someone who at work I'm I'm brutal. The people who work with me love working with me, but that's because they're mature enough to understand that when I'm when I when I push them and and I'm I'm mean and I I come off very hard it's because I see their potential to be even better and I see their potential to escalate and 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 become the best version of themselves and I want them to achieve that 
And so in the end, we have a million arguments, and, but but they'll appreciate the way I push them. And, and I appreciate the same from my bosses because they help me move up. You know, they help me uh, achieve things to eventually get paid more, to eventually get a promotion. And the same thing happens in a relationship. Sometimes you need that kind of... Uh, push. That kind of balance, yes. You know, you need... You know, um, in my case, in a relationship, sometimes you have you have a match where the the other person is the exact opposite, and they're a lot more calm and they they're a lot less pushy and they're like they're the good cop, you know. And sometimes you need that because you you need to have both sides of the, of the coin. Uh, functional families are always going to have that, um, but you need to have you know maturity in both. You need to have somebody who understands and accepts character when when you need to have it. Um, but at the end of the day, these are things that have nothing to do with, with physical beauty. And so that's, that's what I find most interesting is the fact that we value that so much. And I, I really don't see that in birds. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like birds are just like, okay, you're cool. <laughs> yeah. Let's just have you children. You nice. Let's yeah. have kids. Exactly. What or, a simple life, right? <laughs> I know. Like if only, like if, I, I mean, we wanted our lives to be simple, but. Eh, as humans, we gotta think complex and in depth and think philosophically. So whatever, but yeah. Um, but I think that leads us to our last question, which is: Are only human beings able to appreciate beauty? And if so, what is it about human beings that give them this distinction? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I think everything we've been talking about is, is evidence of the exact opposite. You know, not exactly. <laughs> um, um, you look not outside like... and, and, and I think it's it's the exact opposite. I feel like we appreciate, if we're talking about physical appearance, if this is what the question is on, then you know what? We actually appreciate it less. And I'm willing to say that because we have other criteria for attraction that some species don't have. And we just mentioned that about birds. How we have extra criteria to pick our partners to be attracted to them that other birds probably don't have. Or as far as we know, they don't have. I mean, they don't pay rent. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they're not paying rent. They're not looking for a career. They're just like, survival of the fittest. Let's kill Mm -hmm. things to eat. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and do you think, um, with beauty, do you think, um, we could see the same appreciation we have for a human, but also in nature, all those things, the, um, example, when we go to the Everglades or anything like that, or should we just like talk more specifically about animal to animal? Like, what would you think? I think, well, I mean, beauty, in, in, in general terms, it's like something very broad. It's very broad. Yeah, like know? the appreciation of a tree, the appreciation of a, of a flower. I still Those think, kind of well, I think animals appreciate it more. You know why? Because we look at it, but we don't live in it. We don't make our nest in it. We don't have our, we don't lay our eggs in it. They do. Yeah, we just They're much, much more it. associated with it and invested in it. And I think that alone forces them to appreciate the beauty of it more. 
they spend more time with it. Yeah, honestly, yeah, we, uh, yeah, by that, uh, humans honestly do appreciate things less, especially with technology nowadays. All we're doing is on social media, and we're doing homework, and we're doing all these required things. We gotta do stuff for our job. It's like, when do we have time to, like, go outside and have our vitamin D? We're just indoors, so who has the time to appreciate a nice flower that smells good? They have the time to gather their kids and, you know, appreciate that that nature that's around them because the nature for birds is their home. Like how a sheltered house for us is our home. Hmm. That so since they're more exposed to it, I think birds birds and any animal uh, who that have to live outdoors are gonna appreciate the beauty of nature more than us and have and even though they have different standards of beauty when picking a mate and we're more in depth they have the exposure of appreciating different types of beauty that don't involve having a mate they appreciate the beauty of the sun the other animals the the food chain or whatever it's called the food tier of like this animal eats this this animal eats that yada yada um and we're not really thinking in depth with that we're just we're just doing our responsibilities and calling it a day wake up go to work go to sleep that's it routine cycle cycle till you die which sucks but Mm -hmm. i mean that's just how our economy works so right right Uh, did you want to elaborate on anything, or? Uh, I don't know. Did you have any more questions for me? Um, no. I, 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 honestly, I had a great conversation with you. I think we could call it here. What do you think? Me too. I think this was, this was amazing. I can't wait till the next episode. Yeah, me too. Next episode, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about frogs. We're going to talk about, um, I don't know. Or just other animal experiences, or maybe we could talk about eh, something about art. I'll t- I'll tell you about Leonardo da Vinci. Definitely, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure. Maybe I'll I'll teach you some art history. But anyways, I want to thank you for joining us so much, Joshua. I really appreciate it. It this concludes our exploring art podcast episode six ninety four. Subscribe to Exploring Art Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Please join us soon, and remember to stay curious.